podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm absolutely exhausted after watching that game 4-3 to Liverpool against Crystal Palace. Oh my God, the anxiety levels were high, heart in mouth. Um, I don't know, I would not like to do the 10-year challenge after that game. So much drama, right till the very death, sending off penalty shouts, everything, you name it, this game had it. But you know what? I've got to have two awesome people with me on this pod. As usual, uh, we are live again, so we are a little everywhere. So apologies for that. I will be hosting, I will be producing, and hopefully there shouldn't be a 13-second gap where I'm on mute. Fingers crossed. And you know what? That said, the disclaimer's out of the way. I am joined by two awesome guests, like I said, who are going to try making sense of that, and I'm pretty certain they have plenty of things to say. First up, I am joined by Sam Evans. I nearly called him Steve again. Sam, welcome back. <laughs> Why change a habit of a lifetime, eh, uh, Nina? But uh, I, I don't know about the 10-year challenge. If I did the 10-minute challenge after that game, I think I aged 10 years in that time. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm actually still shaking and my heart's beating on my chest. I've actually had to go and get a beer from the fridge just to get get myself through this podcast. I know. I was, like, rocking back and forward. And, like, it was just not not pleasant viewing. I never want to see that kind of performance again. Uh, take the three points. We're very happy with that. But, you know, the just the whole... The anxiety of watching that game, thinking, oh, God, are Palace going to undo us again? But you know what? I am talking so much. Let's bring in our second guest. It is the awesome, awesome dude that is Justin Wells. Um, uh, not only does he enlighten me with his excellent football commentary, but also with films. He's just an awesome guy. Justin, welcome back. I feel older than James Milner's legs after that. I feel older than Speroni. <laughs> uh, Speroni is the only guy on the pitch who actually is older than me besides the referee so I don't want to go that far Yeah, Moss is a balloon, we'll get to that in a minute Right guys, as I said we are live so let's kind of pretty much quickly um, discuss the game and everything so you know what, I think the first place to start and Justin I'll come to you first the team lineup. what did you make of it? Um, I mean I, I really wanted this it seemed like probably the best available lineup we could play, but everybody knew that basically, okay, so it's Milner on right back. Uh, let's get prepared for 90 minutes of watching Wilfried Zaha just uh, completely and totally nuke him, and that's pretty much what happened. So the lineup I thought was pretty much right. There was, And, and the other thing is also just, you know, Keita, where is he going to be played? Is he going to be on the left? That's what it looked like. And once again, you know, that seemed to hamper his, his effectiveness as playing the position that he probably doesn't play very well. Not probably, he just doesn't play very well. For sure. And what about yourself, uh, Sam? What did you make of um, the, the team selection? Uh, and, you know, do you agree with um, with regards to Milner playing right back, given obviously Trent was out? 
yeah, I think it was our only option, to be honest. You know, I, I wasn't a fan of this the shout to get Fabinho back there. I thought we really needed to have him in the centre of the park today, especially with Wijnaldum out with injury as well. So I thought we'd be really short in midfield if, if he had to play out of position as well. So um, I was really pleased to see Matip was available. Um, thought he actually had a good game today, but we, you know, we'll get on to that. So I was happy to see Matip back available because before he got injured again, he, he played was it three games in quick succession really well. So um, that was a big boost. And uh, it was nice to see Naby Keita starting. I was a bit anxious about it, but we've got to start giving the guy some starts because that's all he's been getting is dribs and drabs here and there or a game in the FA Cup with a load of kids around him or, or players out of form. So, um, yeah, initial feelings were looks like a really good side. And I was going into the game really confident that we'd come away with a win and a clean sheet. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Okay, so we've got some uh, chat from our subscribers in, in the live chat box. And uh, Del Jürgen Red says, um, we we won the fucking league. Don't care how we win it. We just need a 50, we just need 15 more wins. By the way, how must City fans feel after watching this? And then I just asked them for their thoughts. And, uh, you know, he um, responded again by saying we're winning the league. And Bernie agrees. She thinks, yes, we are. Uh <laughs> and then he's come back with pencil for, we're penciling fucking everyone in the league John John Wick reference. I appreciate that, Dell. I, I can completely get that. I mean guys, okay, so let's start off with the first half. And um it was quite a frustrating first half, let's be honest. I felt like um Crystal Palace sort of were set out to kind of defend really deep. You know, um, our front men weren't getting much supply and um, they were kind of isolated, which is something that I feel like a lot of teams have been doing against Liverpool. And it just became really frustrating. And obviously there'll be certain players that we can look at as well. And, um, you know, there was just lots of madness. So I want to get your thoughts on that. First of all, let's start off with, by talking about how sort of Crystal Palace set up because in my opinion, Sam, they were very, very defensive in the first half. It was almost like, you're not getting a sniff. Yeah, well, that's the ideal setup for not only Crystal Palace, but a, a Roy Hodgson side. You know, that was why he failed so badly with us. He His ideal setup is to be really, really organised and try and hit teams on the break. You know, that's why Palace have a better away record than they have a home record, because they, they love to sit back. And to be fair, Wilfred Zaha, he's a bloody nightmare to, to to try and tackle, you know. Let alone if you're in your thirties like James Milner. So, uh, yeah, they they set up the only way that they were going to cause us problems, which was ultra ultra defensive and just waiting to hit us on the break with a pace. So, yeah, you know, th- to be fair to Hodgson, this this game suits him down to the ground because he can just play ultra defensive and just wait his you know for his moments. And today, you know, they got a lot of moments. So you've got to give them credit for that. Absolutely. And what about yourself, Justin? I mean, I think a lot of people were kind of really frustrated in the first half. Um, You know, things just weren't quite pinging off for Liverpool. I want to get your thoughts on that. Well, they weren't. And part of, I think part of the problem was just how we set up. We played into their hands. There wasn't a, there wasn't a ton of movement in front of really, you know, Fabinho and Henderson and that lack of movement made it very easy for Palace to do what they wanted to do which is just compress the area around their area and try to win every single second ball they mostly did that and then they really just you know it's just basically we we gave them that opening goal by 
choosing to get, you know, to, to allow ourselves in to press a team that wants us to press because they're only going to attack us on the counter. And uh, I think I think Hodgson basically won the tactics in the first half, um, you know, because he, he comes out with the goal. We don't really, we produce one big moment, which is that, which is unfortunately falls to the wrong person because it's Milner playing in Joel Matip instead of mm-hmm. Milner playing in one of the front three. And the front three just found life, I think, pretty difficult in that first half. It just seemed like uh, nothing nothing was going to get them the ball in space. And then the, the one thing that was very disappointing was that Nabi Keita, as far as connecting the, the midfield to attack, um, you know, charged into it kind of out of the left. It just really wasn't wasn't firing. I believe it was something uh, in the first, at the end of the half, the first half, it was something about, he, he completed one of his five attacking passes. So he wasn't providing the link. And we made life easy on uh, Palace, but they set up very compactly and uh, contained us. For sure they did, for sure they did. And there was, a, you know, even though there wasn't much happening, I think there was two, like, talking points. Of course, the Crystal Palace goal, but before that, a legit penalty shot for us, right? What was, is John Moss, I mean, like, I'm surprised no one photoshopped the bird box thing with him, because that was a clear penalty, right? Just yeah, uh, it's, it's insane also, because it clearly hits Tompkins' hand, yet somehow he rules it a handball on Mane, who doesn't make contact with it. He's not that far away. And it's very, very obvious that Tompkins' arm is way up over his head. It's not a natural position. That It's a harsh penalty to give, but it's a, it's a penalty that he needs to give because it's a clear handball. Absolutely. Just completely, completely nuts. And what about yourself? I mean, I was absolutely frustrated because, you know, that that... That penalty shout, Sam, happened right before they fucking scored as well, which makes me even more angry, right? Exactly. That was the frustrating part about it. It was just mistaken identity. You know, both of the players had their arms in the air. Um, you know, I, I get what you're saying there, Justin, but it would be harsh because it, there was no intent involved. But if you got your arms in the air like that, that is just an absolute stonewall penalty, isn't it? But, uh, you know, it's one of those things... We, we've had a bit of a good run recently getting the penalties. It was bound to, to dry up eventually and return to the form that we were having over the previous year. And, you know, that's what we had today. You know, we could have had a couple of penalties today, to be fair. But, uh, yeah, with that one, it was just an absolute sucker punch. And the fact that we got denied that penalty. And then, it, as you said, a couple of minutes later, we went for a massive press because we, 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 we smelt blood, basically, and, and thought we had a really good chance to close them down. And then we left Milner absolutely isolated against Zaha. And to be honest, there was only going to be one winner there then. No, for sure. And then, of course, um, they score. And you know what, Justin, you were absolutely spot on to have those concerns because poor Milner got absolutely skinned there. He, he, got, he got destroyed. Uh, Zaha, it wasn't even Zaha who destroyed him there too. It's, it's Andrew Townsend. Mm. But, but still, just... Pacey players, pacey players, and putting James Milner into space at right back, it's uh, it's not it's not going to work. Um, Trent Alexander Arnold needs to get healthy soon, or Lovren or Gomez need to get healthy, and Klopp needs to either go into the market to fix it or figure figure it out for the next month. Because any team that plays against us sees that that is a blueprint. Um, I'm a bit worried actually in general. I think actually the. Uh, the red card that keeps him out against Leicester is a little bit of a blessing in disguise because Milner's form and energy, basically wherever he's played for the probably the better part of the last two months, probably since I think probably about the Burnley game, hasn't been very good. 
No, it hasn't. He and that as well. Hasn't he like sort of come back from injury? Because I felt like against Manchester City, he didn't look a hundred percent fit. Right, he was. I think he was thrust right back in after a hamstring injury. Um, I, I think Klopp might have. I think Klopp might have overplayed him. Uh, I, I think that now basically Milner has a solid three weeks between now and the next time he actually has to play in a game. And if there's if there's a player who could use that rest, it's it's really him. For sure, absolutely. And you know what? His evening um, to some well, more certainly went from bad to worse. Um, uh, although you know he did set up. More Salah, but we'll, we'll get to that. I mean, guys, and then, of course, there was another... Um, I don't know how you guys watched it, but my stream, of course, More Salah went down. I think it was Sacco and all the players that crowded around More Salah. It's, it's almost like the media have set the tone, the agenda on More Salah to be a diver. But in my opinion, I don't think he dived because he went to the floor and quickly got back up on his feet. How is that a dive? I mean, Sam, what, what did you make of that? Because I felt like the commentators on my stream were gloating at that. Yeah, well, I think that's the problem. I think the, the issue we have is that they don't give penalties unless a player hits the deck. So until they start giving penalties for when players get kicked in the shins in the box like Salah did today, we're going to keep getting players like Salah hitting the deck after contact. So I, that, that's mainly the issue. It, it, if you get kicked in the shins, it's a foul. You don't have to go down for it to be a foul. But that, you know, it seems to be an ongoing thing where if you haven't hit the deck, they're not going to get the penalty. So it's, it's just going to keep happening until they start just going right. That is a penalty. If you kick them in, in the leg, in the box, we know it's a penalty. And then we're going to see less and less of the so-called dives. Because, you know, for me... I don't care if he went down afterwards. That was another Stonewall penalty. But, you know, it's as I saw it on the chat just now, uh, someone mentioned that we've, we've hit out. Jeremy hit, uh, refs decided we've reached our quarter for pens for the season. I think <laughs> that might be it. So, I don't know. We're, we're going to go away now a couple of weeks and hopefully, you know, we, we'll go back to a bit of luck we've had with the penalties. But, uh, you know, even without them today, we've managed to push our way through. And I think that shows... As, as Brendan would have once said, a lot of character. For sure, for sure. And what about yourself, um, Justin? What do you make of the media narrative surrounding Mosala and, uh, you know, the diving, the, you know, the, the false shouts for penalties? Because I feel like all the ones that he's got have been legit penalty claims. Oh, I think it's dumb. I, I, think, uh. it's just a dumb, I think it's just a dumb conversation. Like, first off, there's a few things that they just need to, that they'll never talk about that are just important components of this. Every team in the league, every place in the world, <clears throat> every single, like, every, this is what Sam nailed, everybody dives. Until yeah. they, the only way you discourage it is by changing, the, is by changing how the game is, is officiated, because right now you're giving players a way to get an advantage to try to score goals, which makes it, which is how you win games. And it's basically encouraged by the rules to do this, or by how, not the rules, by how they're, by, by how they're applied. So until you change that, this is going to be there. And that's what makes the conversation dumb is that it's not, it's, it's, it's bigger than any one player. It's just what's encouraged the players. The other thing too is people need to realize that not all contact, like people fall from contact. Not all contact is a penalty. And not every single time that someone falls down and it isn't a foul and it's not... Salah didn't scream. Yes, Salah didn't look at the ref. He, he, he went it's to the ground a, and got straight back up. Yeah, it's not always... Like, it's not always a dive when a player hits the ground. It's yes. not. Like, 
they did they weren't they weren't obviously fouled or dived They're like more than two like more than two possible outcomes can happen from something for sure so, for sure yeah so so i think the conversation's dumb and in this situation what happened i don't know he 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 Sako had a movement that made Salah lose his balance. Sako didn't foul him. Salah didn't dive. That's what happened. Yeah, I just didn't appreciate the whole um, uh, Palace team sort of crowding around him, ganging up on him when he actually didn't scream for a penalty or look for it. You know, that really pissed me off. Well, what do you expect? I mean, teams take after their managers and their manager's an asshole, so his team's going to be filled with assholes. Yeah, I suppose, I suppose. Um, I think we might have a caller. Del, are you there? Hello. Hey, how are you? Hey. Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. You're a long time no speak. How are you doing, Dying right? after that. But go on, I'm sure you've got something to say, so please fill fill well, the pod. Well, I'll just keep it short, sweet and simple. Um... Another 15 more of those, please. I don't give a shit if it's a heart attack uh, moment. We just need to get the victory under our belt. Uh, and also, you know what? Fuck Roy Hudson. Fuck Man City. Fuck the refs. And fuck everyone who thinks Jamo Salah is a diver. Well, thank you, Del. Um, uh, we, we will carry on a conversation um, from what you just said there. Enjoy your weekend. Sure, thank you very much. You take care. Okay, Justin, just kind of spoken to Del there, and he kind of thinks that he'll quite happily take those kind of performances, given the fact that we win. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, I never want to see that kind of performance again. No, I, 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 I want to see us win 2 nil games professionally. Uh, this is not fun for me. It's fun that we win in the end. I'm glad that I get to talk about it. But that, 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 that basically was harrowing until the 93rd minute against a team that works against a team that's in 14th place. Yeah. I don't need that. I, I don't need that. My heart doesn't need that. My, my liver doesn't need it. Um, all, all, every part of my body does not need that kind of performance. No, neither does your mind. And Sam, what about yourself? Because, you know, conceding three goals, I mean, I was absolutely disgusted. You know, I've been conditioned to support a team that can actually defend now. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, right, we, we, we still haven't dropped a single point against a team outside of the top five. It's unbelievable. We're, we're January the 19th and still I'm dropped a single point against one of these teams. So, you know, we were bound to come against, you're going to, in football, you're going to get that little bit of bad luck and that's what their goal was. You know, it was against the run of play massively and as soon as they had that goal, this game was going to go mental. There was, there was no other way. You know, we had to go mental to try and have a chance to peg this game back because they were just going to sit there. And, that, that's the beauty of this team, right? We've got so many ways of doing it. I, I totally agree with Justin. I, I really, really wish this was a nice 2-0 victory. You know, I've said loads of times before about my Apple Watch going mental on me, saying that my heart rate is going over. I remember that last season, right? Yeah, and it was doing the same today now, going absolutely mental. He said, you're not active, but your heart's going mad. Are you all right? <laughs> And I, you know, I almost just want to reply to Apple going, don't worry, just watching the Reds. But um, yeah, so it's, it's, we, we've done it so professionally for so long now. We're going to get these games where we don't get the rub of the green. And that's exactly what happened when they opened the scoring today, Crystal Palace. So um, the, the beauty of this team is we do have the option of playing in each different way. You know, previously, we only had the 
batshit crazy way of playing football mm. and leaving the back door open. Now, we, we've got the measured approach, but if it does go wrong and, and the other side does nick a goal against the runner play, we, we can make it a, a bit of a tennis match and, and go absolutely crazy and, and make it a bit of a goal fest. And to be honest with you, I, I fancy us in either method because if you go toe-to-toe with us trying to score goals, I, I fancy us to outscore you. If we try and have a more measured approach, we you know we will out defend you and, and nick a goal the other end as we've shown so far this season. So it, it wasn't ideal, but just think of Man City fans again today. Now we must be pissing them off so much. That's you know we, we've had the two ends of the spectrum in two games in a row now. Uh, you know the last game we we nick the the one nil victory um, and it's a penalty, and then this game now we we've gone one nil down and been pegged back a couple of times, and we still go on and win the game. So Man City fans must be going into the next game. You know, they've got a nice, easy game, so you fully expect them to win. But they're just going to be going into this game more and more anxious, more and more pissed off, and that's when slip-ups happen. For sure, for sure. And you know, Del, you should have led with this. He kind of says, by the way, this is the first time Roy has lost a game against Liverpool as an opposing manager. So you know what? I'm glad Jurgen Klopp finally stuck it to him. Uh, Justin, you were going to say something there. Yeah, there there is one thing about this style of game, though. Uh, And, you know, know, Sam's made mention of of the the bad shit, crazy kind of football. But um, the one thing that you do get from this is you do get to see the desire of the players to have to reach to, into something else to, to actually pull out a win and, you know, commit themselves to the play like, you know, a bunch of, you know, completely and totally deranged wild men looking to just, you know, going hunting, basically. And uh, it's nice to see that we have, you know, some of that primal and some of that snide uh, in, in, in this team because that's something that's been lacking woefully for a long time. I mean... You can see it with, uh, in particular, at the beginning of the second half, it felt like the two guys, you know, three guys really started just pouring out energy into trying to make something happen, which was, uh, I'm specifically thinking about Virgil, you know, just trying to, you know, just taking that shot out of nowhere. You never know what happens if you shoot. And that's been a, a bother of mine for the, the entire season is that I think we pass up a lot of trying to shoot um, in, in, uh, in the, uh, in, in, you know, in the abandoning and trying to, we don't shoot enough and we try to do too much intricate play, is what I'm trying to say, to try to score. It's almost like we're trying to pass the ball to the back of the net sometimes. Sometimes we're just going to whack a ball and see what happens. And then Jordan Henderson off the ball, I mean, he, he did a lot of work trying to press forward and win possession in advanced positions. And then Salah with that finish. Seeing those three, I think that inspired the rest of the team. And that is one thing you can take from this kind of performance is the never say die, won't quit, must win attitude. No, absolutely, absolutely. I think we're joined by another caller, Gav Jones. Gav, are you there? You there, Gav? You you should go auction style, going once. Going going once, going twice, sold to nobody. Right, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll move on swiftly there. Okay, um. Gav's gone for the Nina Kauser approach to that, uh. Yeah, vow of silence, right? (laughs) Taking selfies, something like that. Okay, guys, um, let's move on. Let's talk about other things. Um, We'll see if we can get him sorted. Uh, Sam, I'll stick with you. I want to get your thoughts on Naby Keita because I think a lot of people are really excited to see him maybe starting a midfield with Fabinho to see what he can do. And I felt like like a lot of his... um, 
criticisms were largely down to where he was playing and he was out wide rather than playing in central mid. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd really would have liked to have seen him more central. Um, it's it's not helping his confidence that, that the way he's in and out of the team and then being played out of position and things. But, you know, he, he is a versatile footballer and he has got the talent. So um, I did think he struggled a little bit first half. And, you know, there were a lot of calls on Twitter for him to be subbed at halftime for Shakiri. I'm really, really glad that Klopp kept him on. I thought, you know, his performance did improve in the second half. It wasn't anything spectacular, but, you know, he did a really good job for us. He fought really hard and, and he tried some you know, ambitious things with, with the ball. Um but, you know, it, it, if he'd have got subbed half-time, it's just, it would have crushed his confidence even more. So, it was really good. He got 70 minutes under his belt today. Um, I thought it was a much more encouraging performance in the second half. And, you know, Shakiri for the last 20 minutes, it is a useful substitute compared to last season. You know, well, even the Champions League final itself, you know, we'd, we'd have absolutely killed to have someone like that to come off the bench. So, um yeah, more positive signs for Keita. Um, he'll be happy with that performance on the whole. You know, nothing great, but a lot, lot better than what it has been recently. So now we can go away for a couple of weeks and you know reflect on that as a bit of a building block for his Liverpool career and really hope now he can go from strength to strength. Absolutely, I hear you. And what about yourself, Justin? Because, you know, I think you had some concerns about his performance today too. And I think it might have been largely down to maybe where Klopp played him and stuff. And I think Steve, um, as Steve, Sam has, um, hit the nail on the head. Yeah, sorry. Can't help it. If I don't butcher your name, if I don't butcher your name, are we real, really friends? Justin's been my friend forever. And I've I've already now mastered his Twitter handle. So Justin. She's only now seen the Big Lebowski is also part of that. It, it's absolutely true. I mean, Justin, I'm going to come to you on that one. What I mean, he's not played an awful lot of games. And when Klopp has brought him on in the league, it's been on like the dying two minutes, which is just utterly pointless. And um, I think I have to agree that it was nice to see him sort of play and play out of the bad form. He definitely he definitely played significantly better in the second half. Mm. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, Sam's right. It would have been cruel to sub him off at halftime. And it would have been bad for his confidence, even though I tweeted at halftime that Naby has not earned a second 45 minutes in this game. Um, which, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad, I, I, I'm glad that, you know, obviously Klopp knows a lot more about this than I do. So uh, obviously he knows more about managing and confidence. And you know what? Also, uh, Naby, it, it, it's, a, it's a very jammy assist, but Naby assists Bobby's goal. I mean, he's the one who passes the ball to Bobby in the, uh, in the area. Clearly, Bobby still has to move two defenders to actually get a shot free. So. It, when I say it's a jammy assist, it's really stretching the stretching the stat. But still, it's good to see him do something where he has an actual recorded statistical in, output into a game. That has to be good for confidence. I just think that playing him on the left side of the attack does nothing for him. He's not quick enough in, in, in the sense that a winger is. Like People look at him as a guy who can dribble, but dribbling from midfield and carrying the ball forward um, through box to box is very different than beating a guy outside and trying to then play a ball in towards the goal from the outside. It's just a different skill set. And this doesn't seem to be one that plays to what he does best. So I think playing him out of position doesn't really do things. And we saw that when he played in the central central midfield position, the first three games of the season, he he started very brightly for us. So 
part of what I don't get about um, Kate is how Klopp's managing him because I just don't get when you have a player coming in from another league, you you get him out to a very good start when he's just trying to settle, you then completely change his tactical role. And like I get that we've changed to a uh, to a double pivot midfield, and you have what looks like th- three midfielders to keep happy in that role between Henderson, Fabinho, and uh, Genie. But in order to keep those three midfielders happy, he's seemingly sacrificing a lot of what Naby Kate has been brought there to do. And I, I, I'm not in lo- I'm not in love with it in, in general because I just don't like playing players out of position. But something has to br- something has to break right for him because I, I, I don't doubt the talent. The players the players very 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 talented. We just need to find a way to get more out of him. I just don't think at the position he's playing and on the inside of the le- like that left position, it's not going to do it. It's just not going to do it for him. No, I hear you. And whilst we're talking about these things as well, what did you make of the midfield combination of um, Fabinho and Henderson, Justin? Because I actually thought they, for the massive parts of the game, worked really well as a double pivot. They were mostly good. Yeah, they were. They were mostly good. They both. Um, they both very clearly were playing uh, very similar kinds of very similar kinds of balls to try to break down uh, Palace. I mean. That it was a lot of diagonal swung into to Rabo, a lot of diagonal swung into Milner. One of them, uh, one of them worked for a goal. You know, was, that was the the pass from Fabinho to uh, to Milner that for for Salah's goal that you know if he doesn't touch it, Milner gets credited probably with the goal anyway because that ball's goal bound. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, that 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 mostly worked. I, I, that wasn't at the root of our problems defensively. For sure. And what about yourself, um, uh, Sam? What did you make of um, uh, the, the double pivot of uh, Fabinho and Henderson before we kind of move on to the second half and maybe talk about the goals? <laughs> yeah, totally agree with Justin there. I thought they're actually a, a promising partnership going forward. Um, you know, I still think, obviously, Wijnaldum is um, a guaranteed starter at the moment as things stand. But uh, no, I, I don't think our problem today was the midfield. I think... It was an absolute nightmare for Trent to be missing from from this game because I think his pace would have been absolutely vital in trying to keep Zaha a little bit more quiet. You you had to feel for Milner today; they really did target him, and you know he did his best. But I don't think it's a coincidence that he's ended up getting a red card today. Um, he just had a, a tit full of getting skinned by Zaha, basically. So he had to start getting a bit dirty and, you know, getting stuck in. And to be fair, that's something we have lacked a lot over the over the last few years is a bit of grit and sometimes, a bit, you know, as they say, a bit of the dark arts, getting the fouls in tactically if there's a counter-attack. And at the end of the day, the ends justify the means and, and it's resulted in us getting the win. Absolutely, yeah. Let's move on to the second half because I think there was a lot of anxiety. We won nil down, you know, the last time we went a goal down to Arsenal, uh, we pretty much responded within a matter of minutes. Not the case this time round. So there's a lot of anxiety, a lot of like talk about, you know, Liverpool need to make substitutions and stuff. And um, uh, they came out and, uh, you know, I, I tweeted this, Jurgen Klopp needs to flip and fi- launch a, a rocket and fire it up his players' backsides. And literally they came out and there was an instant response. Uh, Justin, I come to you. How awesome was that? Fifty-six seconds. That's 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 what you mean by a response, right? You mm. go into the half. The manager. I don't know if you if you want to. I don't like using this because of the the manager that it's associated to. Gives him the hair dryer talk, and the, the next thing you know, everybody's basically going to uh, you know going hell for leather. And you know, fifty-six seconds were level. 
inside seven minutes, inside seven minutes, we're up two to one. It's the kind of reaction you want to see, especially if your aspirations are to, in fact, win the Premier League. No, for sure. And what about what about yourself, uh, Sam? Because I felt like that quickly shut up a lot of people and eased a lot of maybe the, the chitter-chatter, the, the scapegoating and all that good stuff that usually happens when Liverpool are not performing to the way we're used to. Yeah, it was mad how much the ugly side of Liverpool Twitter came out. And on, and on a side note as well, a big fuck you to everyone that was calling Salah. What what were they saying about Salah? You know, like, oh, he's a diver. I, I saw um, a oh, fucking heavy hand key sort of... Um, uh, Think, oh, John Moss isn't going to fall for that Salah. Stop diving. Uh, you know, things like that. Yeah, well, if defenders stop kicking him, then he'll stop going down. I think that's pretty much the gist of it. You know, there's been these videos knocking around on Twitter and they said, like, um, a diving highlights of Salah. And I just retweeted it and called it the Stonewall penalty thread because every single one of them was a pen at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen seen exactly the same thing happen with Raheem Sterling uh, he actually went down with zero contact I thought uh, mm-hmm. you know, Harry, Kane, Harry Kane's a pro at it it's just annoying that they kind of highlight Salah so much more than the English players, I, I don't really get it but to be honest with you it's something that happens more if you're on the top of the league and they just want to shoot you down and it's just anything they can do to try and influence the referees get in their heads before the game the media narrative is he's a diver I'm going to have to watch out for that, you know, and it just makes the chances of us getting a penalty maybe just 10% less. But in these big games, fine margins do make a difference, you know. So, um, yeah, uh, half time, 1-0 down, it was time to regroup. And I think it really, really did show what this team is made of yet again. You know, as you said, against Arsenal, we came back with an immediate response blew them off the park, got back to 2-1. And, you know, as you said, it was an instant today. But, you know, we got into half-time, regrouped. Um, Klopp obviously had a word. And then we did exactly the same thing again there. And within a minute, we're one all, if not with a bit of luck from uh, Van Dijk's shot yet again. Shades of the Everton goal. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I disagree slightly with Justin. I don't think I want the centre-backs to be shooting from 30 yards too often, but uh, I think Van Dyke seems to be getting a lot more luck with it than Lovren did when he was hitting Rose Ed every time. But uh, Oh, yeah. I, 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 should, I should correct. I don't want that to happen very often. I just want, <laughs> no. I just want, I just want people to act like they're controlling the game as leaders more often. Yeah, and you know, if, if an opening does appear, a proper opening to, to strike the ball from the edge of the box, of course, you know, take a shot, but... Uh, I think what we just did was decide to blitz them and just put as much pressure on them as we could at the start. And I think you find then you do get the luck, you do get the rub of the green eventually if you just put that much pressure on the team. And I think that's exactly what we saw today. What about yourself, Justin? I mean, I'm sure you were absolutely fucking thrilled. Oh, uh, how, how can you not be? I mean... One nil, one nil down to two, one up against a team that's also, by the way, um, Palace haven't surrendered, I believe, more than two goals in a game all season up and through today. Granted, we hadn't either surrendered more than two up until today. But uh, someone uh, m- must have poured uh, an extra shot of espresso in uh, 
Roy Hodgson's uh, warm milk. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Okay, well, let's move on to the second goal. And Justin, I'm going to stick with you, Roberto Firmino. I mean, he had quite an interesting game because, he, you know, him and his lovely dancing feet, thank you so much, puts us 2-1 in front. But, you know, as a whole, I felt like some of his passing was a little off today. He 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 has those games where he is doing everything right except for his final ball, and this is one of them because mm. you know you know when Firmino is basically going right and things are going to go well for him is when he's able, when he effortlessly does that you know is able to get get the ball and immediately play on the turn and he had that today playing on the turn running at people his work rate today was through the absolute roof from what it looked um, but it was just he didn't bring really other players into play, which is the other thing he's usually charged with, with that much, with that much efficacy, both him, him and Sadio, I think as far as what they were about their decision-making and their final ball today was, I thought, you know, pretty uncharacteristically poor, although, you know, they can, they can be a little inconsistent with it sometimes. So it's not necessarily uncharacteristically poor. It's just, it felt a bit uh, edgeless and that we didn't, that we were almost able to create chances, but not create them in, in far too many uh, of our attacks. Fair enough. Okay, um, I'm going back to the chat. Sorry, this is live, so we're everywhere. I've got something here from Steve P. And um, uh, first of all, he's got a fun fact for us. Palace have had five shots against us and City and scored all of them. And he put jammy bastards. Yep, we agree with you. Okay, so his talking points are the first one I'll come up with and I'll come to the second one maybe a little later. Do you think the corner goal that we conceded, was it our fault with regards to how we kind of defended or were we being fouled? It's an interesting one. And Sam, I'm going to come to you first because when I watch it, I felt like there was a massive congestion around a certain amount of players. And then Tompkins, of course, scores. And I felt like, why is our shortest guy, Nabi Keita, anywhere near him? Yeah, it's, it's a great question by my uh, name, Steve, there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start calling him Sam. As, as Steve's make you know, really great points all the time. So, uh, yeah, well, well in, Steve. Um, yeah, it's, it's something we've seen a bit more of recently. A lot of teams are, are wising up to the fact that Van Dyke is clearly an absolute beast in the air. So, you know, they're, they're just trying to block him off. And it, it, you can't call it a foul as such. It's just using your body and getting in the way and just being a bit intelligent with, with some tactics. So it's something that we do need to learn from. And and we do need to realise that teams are starting to do this. So it's something we do need to try and try and find a way to prevent. And, you know, obviously, if they're going to be blocking Van Dijk off, we need someone marking the guy behind him. You know, that's the, the clear solution to this. And the fact that Tompkins could head the ball without even have, having to jump in the air about six yards from goal off a corner was a bit of a concern. But, you know, to be fair, I think today's game is just absolutely bonkers. I don't think... You can take too many kind of make too many conclusions from today's game. I think it is very much the exception to the rule rather than the rule. You know, we, we've seen this season that we are defending mm-hmm. brilliantly, and I, I just think today was mental. And I'm just so so happy. I don't know about you guys. I was convinced it was going to be another three three. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought the gods had decided we were going to have a horrible three three and just break our hearts so I just really especially with that morning miss right and then we go to 10 men and you know all those things considered you just thought right I'm gonna get Chris Dambold again yeah I know I know and I just thought you know we'll get on to Marnie in a bit some some of the decisions he made today were 
um, were poor, unfortunately. He's a live wire again, but we, we had loads of chances to, to put the game to bed and, and he made the poor decision on the day. But to be fair to him, it was a cracking finish today, cracking goal. And it's another goal that we've scored from um, from Alisson distributing the ball with his hands, getting the ball away quickly and, and, and getting us on the break. So, you know, that's something. I'd like to know how many goals we've scored this season from his distribution and, and getting us on the counter-attack, actually. For sure. And uh, Justin, I'm going to come to you on your thoughts on, on that on that goal as well that we conceded. Pre- pretty much, you know, giving us anxiety again. It was one of them days today. Yeah, I think the, the term we are looking for comes from the sport of basketball. It is called a pick. Um, teams are basically picking Van Dyke, which is basically... You set a screen on him, you don't let him move out. But uh, that goal is shit defending, too. I mean, the other team executes its tactic, and we defend like shit because that's a free header. Um, Free headers in the box in a penalty, I don't care if it's what it is, it's always bad defending. Um, Where's Fabinho, where's Matip? Those guys aren't exactly small. Fabinho Fabinho and Van Dyke are basically marking the same exact area. Um, and, and that's what and that's part of what left Tompkins open too. And mm. how is Nabi how is Nabi Kata marking a center back? Like it's just it's it's bad defending. There's, there's there's no glossing it up. It happens sometimes. We haven't gotten beat on too many set pieces, so I can live with it. It happens, but it was shit. For sure, I wonder if Roy Hodgson's been sending spies to Melwood, but we do have curtains and blinds. So no one can see us, you know, taking a leaf out of Bielsa's book. But yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, uh, you know, I think Liverpool have been pretty competent and very, very good defensively this season. You can't really throw much at them. And I think Sam is right. It's, it was just a fucking batshit crazy game. I don't think any of us expected that, but this is... Um, uh, and, I, and I just want to interject one thing. It, it, it kind of makes talking about this game fun because... We didn't nothing. We didn't learn anything. We didn't about this team that we didn't know before this game. Like, absolutely not a not a damn thing new was uncovered about Liverpool because of this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, despite obviously conceding those goals, it it showed as as Sam said, you know, Liverpool showed character to get back ahead, get ahead. And then, of course, you know, build upon that. Um, another question from Steve is, do you think Klopp was to blame for not closing the game down sooner? If so, what could he have done? What options did he have off the bench? I mean, that's a really good one, right? Because if you look at the bench, there isn't many defensive players. I mean, I don't think how he could make it more defensive. I think what really kind of screwed us over towards the end was um, maybe maybe the James Milner sending off. Um, I felt like they, I mean, if they were having joy on the counter-attack, they had so much more of it once we went to 10 men. It felt like they had more space and they really, really um, made the most of it. I mean, Sam, would you say that's fair? Yeah, definitely. I think... um... I think his hands were a bit tied. Um, you know, the only option he had really before Milner got sent off. Um, we what do we have? Camacho on the bench or Moreno on the bench? <laughs> so yeah, you've um, not got really defensive options. No, exactly. <laughs> you know, we are thin on the ground in that area. So, uh, and their biggest outlet clearly was Zaha, and he he played brilliantly today. You know, he, he's. Good. A lot of the time, he hasn't got the end product, but he's always going to skin you. Um, and it, it's something... I was getting really annoyed with Milner, letting him get onto his left peg a lot. I know it's really hard mm. to stop it, but 
You know, he should have been trying to push him onto his right peg if he could. Um, and, and you know you're a lot safer when he does that. But um, it, I think it might be a bit harsh to, to, to blame Klopp for us not seeing it out. Um, it is another great point by Steve, of course. Um, but um, I just think it, it was just one of those games where they found a weakness in our team. And, and due to our injury problems, we, we didn't have many solutions for it on the bench. So it was one of those things we kind of had to ride out and just hopefully just just manage to grind it out and, and, and get there in the end. And that, you know, that's what we did. It was just a bit of a shame that Camacho came on and then within seconds they, they scored their third goal. So I, I think he'd be a bit disappointed there. But again, it was it was a lovely touch um, by Connor Wickham, actually, to offload it for uh, Mayer to finish. So uh, it's a bit of quality in a bit of a mad game again. And... It's, it's, again, something where we'll be really disappointed to concede three goals again today. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about Alisson at all. I think because his standards are so high and he's been fantastic this season, I think he personally will be very disappointed that he didn't save one of um, the, the two chances there. Um, the, the first goal with Townsend, I thought he, he was wrong-footed. That's probably the hardest one to try and save. But I think he'd be disappointed he didn't get a bit more on that um, save attempt. And I think the, the third goal especially, I think he'd be very disappointed mm. he didn't manage to keep that one out. And, um, you know, it's it's just great that we've we've had so many things go against us today and we've still ended up coming out on top 4-3. And I just think that really does highlight this team is, is really, really something special. When everything goes against you, penalty decisions... Every one of their shots going in that's on target, um, you know, chances that we've missed, um, all of those things happened and we're still leaving there with the three points yet again. And I just think it's something we need to get more and more used to. For sure. I mean, with regards to Alisson, yeah, he could have maybe saved two of those. But you know what? I'm hoping that's his um, uh, ropey game of the season out of the way. You know, one of them. And we still managed to win. Uh, Justin, I'll let you give you the chance to respond to them before we move forward with the other goals. All right, so so on the clock point, uh, I, I think that the only thing Sam's right. The only thing you could do is maybe find a way to help help Milner out more, or get Milner off and get help on the right. I mean, otherwise, I don't see where else you're going to make. I think Kev made Kev made that point as well, didn't he? In the oh, chat, sorry. Kev Hegarty, yeah. yeah. Like, what else? You, I mean, Camacho. Maybe this is maybe this is not the game for him. The only thing that I'm upset with Milner sending off is the fact that he. Uh, you know, he could have gotten better value for it and maybe actually, you know, maybe gotten like a sting or a black and blue into Zaha. Like, you know, at least let him know that you're there more if you're going to get, if you're going to get sent off for... Well, you know what pissed uh, me off about that? It was, it was, it was a stupid yellow card, not because of what he did. It was a fucking stupid pass by Jordan Henderson and Roberto Firmino could have easily picked that up. Yeah. And well, I got frustrated. Well. His teammates played him there. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. But I just think overall through the match, he could have gotten his body mm. onto, you know, mm. you, you got him. If someone's going to roast you all game, you, you, you got to, you got to leave a mark on him at some point. It, he it, did it to Neymar, didn't he? He was just like yeah. hell bent on like twatting you all game. Yeah. You just got to, I mean, we've seen, we've seen Milner clean someone out and uh, kind of shocked that he didn't do it today. Cause you know what? I enjoy when Milner uh, cleans someone out. It's kind of fun to watch. The guy doesn't have, the guy most of the time doesn't have to commit to, to a tackle. He, uh, mm. He's a full commitment player, so I'm a little upset that if he was going to get sent off, that's not the nature in which he did so. It was more picking up for an underweighted Jordan Henderson pass. But um, 
Yeah, as far as Sam goes, I actually wanted to talk about this too. I thought Allison was very poor today for his own and like mm. this is for his own standards. This is not me saying we need to drop Allison Becker. He's very, very, very good. He might be the best goalkeeper in the world, but he he's human and uh, he, he wasn't good today. Really, he demonstrated wasn't. today. Yeah, he demonstrated yeah. today, and I think that's absolutely fine to say it. It doesn't mean that yeah. you want them dropped or you think yeah. they're rubbish. You just say he's just not had his best game, and I think we're all in agreement there. And we just see another, the alternative. Yeah, you know what? I'd rather not have a fucking goalie. Yeah, <laughs> Jurgen Klopp and his, and his new. Uh, you know, new system that relies on no no goalkeeper but an extra central defender. Yeah, possibly, <laughs> possibly. It could work, could work. And Justin, I'm going to stick with you. And we were speaking about James Milner. And, of course, he gets the assist for Mo Salah to make it 3-2. I mean, again, it was just one of those games where we were just sort of scrapping it out. It, was, it felt like a fucking boxing match, you know, just throwing punches at each other. And they just simply would not fuck off. You know what? That's great. I actually enjoy seeing Roy Hodgson actually, you know, being threatened with a game of football, actually breaking out and act- and deciding to, to let it happen. Good for you, Roy. You lost, but at least you tried. But, uh, no, I mean, it, that, that goal is uh, created mostly by Fabinho playing a inch-perfect pass for Milner to just direct mm-hmm. goalward. Um, I, I think if Salah doesn't touch it, it's going in anyway. And Salah's touch helped it ball go the, the, uh, but I mean, you know, he, we, we've learned a lesson because that, that touch was from probably about the same distance as the, uh, the goal against City was disallowed for. So, uh, always make sure it goes in, I guess. Always. Is the, uh, is, is the, is the moral of that story. But, uh, no, it's, 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 it's a, it's a great goal. And it's the, it's something that we clearly have been trying to do the entire game. Because we felt it might work, and, and and you know what, it did. It's that's 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 good uh, maintenance of a tactical plan throughout a game, and realizing that you shouldn't abandon it because it hasn't paid dividends yet. For sure, and I think Milner was absolutely thrilled that Morsala just to make sure, just made sure it was over the line. Because I think you get to the stage where you just wanna. You just want to score goals. It doesn't matter who scores. And that's one thing I love about this Liverpool side. I mean, Sam, I'm going to come to you. As great as it was, I got a laugh at Spironi. You know, for some reason, it reminded me of Pickford. I don't know why, but it did. Because his arms look too short to actually reach the ball, (laughs) didn't it? (laughs) But You have to feel for Spironi, right? Because the way that Milner's got a habit of doing that, he kind of kicked it into the ground, didn't he? And it kind of bounced over Spironi. And he, he knew he had to do something because if he didn't touch it, Salah was going to tap it into an empty net anyway. So um, it was a tricky one for the guy and he just didn't manage to claw it enough. And it, it happened to, to, to look kind of comical at the time. You did feel for him and you know you feel like maybe they'll, they'll be of the opinion that if they had their first choice goalie in this game, maybe they wouldn't have conceded four goals either. But... Um, you know, it. I think Milner would have been very happy for Salah to score the goal. I don't think he's he's very much a team player, and I think that's illustrated in the way that he's always willing to fill in in any position. And he he did fight his his ass off today. Um, he, he did really struggle, and I think that's something that that that's predictable enough considering the guy he had to try and mark today. But he always, you know, he did his best. He fought really hard. And, and, and you know, it wasn't until the last five minutes when he finally got sent off. And as you said, it totally wasn't his fault with the second yellow where he got sold really, really short. Uh, it, it was a pass by Henderson, was it? Um, mm-hmm. but it was really short for him and, and put him right in trouble. So, 
Um, yeah, end of the day, it's 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 something that we're we're gonna have to just enjoy the three points now. Two week break, just put your feet up and just look at the table for a couple of weeks, knowing that we're safely top of the league. Yeah, Jeremy's just saying would have been a Speroni on goal, goal if Mo didn't put it in. So you know what, Mo Salah there being the ever awesome humanitarian there, saving the blushes of the old man. <laughs> we'll take that. Right, guys, I think we've just got a few talking points. And uh, Justin, I'll come to you first because um, before we get to um, Mane's goal, I think something quite... Um, traumatizing happened in the game and this like we said this game had everything and you know uh, a kind of injury for our boy um uh, Fabinho and Lalana comes on um I hope it's not a lengthy one but as a whole I just thought he had a magnificent game I felt like he made you know people like Jordan Henderson enjoy their football and enjoy playing in a double pivot you know he is that guy and he's becoming a fan favorite now yeah I mean he's a uh... He kind of comes across like the uh, this you know the straw that stirs the drink in this midfield. He, he he allows everybody else to do what they're good at just by proxy of the fact that he does the one thing that everybody else is bad at, which is you know uh, hold, holding holding our shape in midfielding in midfield and protecting the back four. Um, Jordan, no, nobody's ever going to uh, you know confuse Jordan Henderson with uh, with Cl- with uh, Makalele, and. Uh, now we don't have to even try to think about it. That it, like you know, the two players playing the same position because Fabinho does that. He does it really well, and he kind of just presents something that Liverpool has lacked since you know really Javier Mascherano left. If anybody wants to sit there and argue Lucas Leiva, you know, I, I'm not going to have that conversation because I I just don't think that I just think that's very insulting to Javier Mascherano. Mm-hmm. But uh, but he 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 brings that to the side now, and it's something we've really needed for a long time because. It just makes everything a lot more composed in the midfield and a lot more comfortable. Oh, for sure. And Sam, I'm going to come to you because another thing I noticed as well, you know, when they were sort of trying to like get stuck into our midfield, every time Fabinho had the ball, I kind of noticed that the Palace players were kind of shifting off. It's, it's almost like there's an element of fear factor back into our midfield and he brings that. And I think Thingy, uh, Justin is absolutely spot on with him saying that, you know, we, we're kind of filling that void ever, you know, with, with like the Javier Mascherano being gone and stuff like that DM. But he's so much more than that. You know, like he links up with the attack and we're hoping that, you know, with, with these um, weeks off that he makes a speed recovery because he's a name that I look for in the midfield now. I think Klopp has um, done really well with him. Yeah, I, th- I think Fabinho's definitely making himself an undroppable player at the moment. He's a real physical specimen in the middle of the park. Um, he's got a bit more, bit more size than, than our other midfielders. And as you rightly said, um, he, he does tend to win the physical battle in that midfield. So, you know, there is that win in the physical battle. But unlike maybe when Aldem or Henderson, when they do win the physical battle, he's then also got the quality on the ball to get us going forward. I thought... Um, Matt Dip today actually played some lovely balls in to, uh, to the front guys and got us on the front foot. And he was quite advanced today, wasn't he, Matt Deep? Uh, Van Dijk yeah, kind of let him run, you know, run riot. Well, I think a lot of teams, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to block off Van Dijk's passing lanes uh, and that's understandable because he's, he's excellent on the ball. So it's really nice that when they do do that, that a player like Matt Dip can step in and, and actually play the balls that we need to be played through to the front front guys as well. Uh, it's something that Joe Gomez was doing brilliantly before his injury. 
and it, it's something that maybe Lovren does struggle with at times. So I, I do feel like Matip actually did step up to the plate today and, and did play the passes that were required. And, you know, when it comes to midfield, I thought Fabinho was doing exactly the same thing from, from his midfield area as well. So uh, I just think the team looks so much better with him in it, um, so much more solid in the central zone with him in it. Uh, I think it was clear that the area where we really struggled today was out wide. And, you know, that was clearly because we had a bit of a makeshift right back coming in. And, you know, two of our first choice back four were missing and it was on the right-hand side as well. So um, it, it's not something we should be worrying about too much, I don't think. And it's it's positive now that we got a little break because... The, the news is apparently that Joe Gomez is very close to be coming back. And he, he, if he does, we're going to be in a really, really positive position now just to see in the last third of the season. For sure, for sure. And Sam, sticking with you, um, uh, let's talk about, you know, injury time, five minutes, heart in mouth. You're like, oh my God, what on earth is going on? You know, we're definitely going to concede. We're 10 men down. You, you, you know, all those old... Negative thoughts start creeping in, but and and of course Sadio Mane missed that chance as well. So you think shit, it's just not destined for us, you know. And then of course he scores four two. Uh, I want to get your thoughts. So, could you wait to talk about Sadio Mane's performance and some of his decision making today? But he's one of those players that can have an absolute stinker, but he will score you the decisive goal. <laughs> uh, I'm so relieved he scored that at the end <laughs> because you know recently he's had a few times where he's had really good chances. Uh, you know, Man City was the, the probably the most high profile of the lot where he, he's been so close to finishing it, but not quite getting the result. And today was another example of that. We had a couple of counterattacks. There was one where it was just him and Salah uh, breaking away. And that's all he needed to do was slot it forward and Salah would have been in. But he went himself, uh, lost the ball, then fouled them <laughs> and, and, and got away with it and then had the chance. Um, there was another counter-attack as well um, where he just shot where he could have gone right. but uh, To, to Shakiri or whoever. Yeah, but to be fair, I thought Firmino kind of botched that attack. I thought he should have slotted it left. Um, Robertson had made a lovely run down the left-hand side and if he'd have slotted it up the line for him, Robertson probably would have cut it back in for a tap-in. So um, I don't want to be too harsh on Mane. I think he's absolutely electric. I think mm-hmm. he's a vital part of this Liverpool team, but he will continue to frustrate us on occasion. He's a bit of a maverick. He's a bit erratic at times, but it's, I'm so, so happy that he's ended up getting what did end up being the winning goal today. And I think that's something that maybe, you know, will boost his confidence and, and hopefully uh, going forward, maybe he'll start taking more of these chances rather than missing them. For sure. And I feel like, you know, when, and, you know, this isn't a bad thing, but I feel like Justin, he, you know, he's the kind of player that when he's men score, it kind of makes him more determined. And sometimes they might not necessarily be the best option and he feels the need to shoot. But I think that he sort of applies that kind of pressure on himself. So I want to get your thoughts on uh, Sadio Mane's performance and, of course, um, you know, him scoring and how awesome is it that all front three were involved today in getting the three points? Um, so I, I tweeted about a minute before Sadio Mane's goal, uh, right after the, the giveaway. Oh, what, did what did you write? What did you write? Sadio Sadio Mane's form is bad. Uh, which, <laughs> which, uh, I also tweeted something about Navi Keita at halftime. So realistically, I think I should just start tweeting negatively about our players, or at least just uh, 
so that way I can continue to be proven wrong. Uh, I, I'm okay with it. I will leave the tweets there. I'm fine with being wrong about shit because uh, sometimes it's kind of fun to know that you don't know shit about shit. But uh, oh, they read your tweets. You know, they got an alert. They thought, right, we'll fucking show him. Rolls on, yeah. shove us. Yeah. Must show this asshole up in New York. But uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it's good to see him on the score sheet. It's good to see all three of the front three on the score sheet because. They've scored uh, 40 goals so far this season in the in the league, and any that's you know it's a very very good tally at this point in the season. And anybody's going to tell you that you know it's not the same as last season. Uh, we're how many points ahead of our pace for last season? Where's where where we are? Where were we in the league table? Everything's everything's fine in reality with all three of them, right? They, they set out they set an incredibly high standard for themselves last year, but uh, the standard for the, the standard for this season is is less about the, the amount of goals that they score, and it's more about the amount of games that the team wins. So, I, I will take erratic Sadio Mane performances and team wins uh, all season if it, if it does for us what we wanted to do for us. For sure, for sure. And um, I couldn't agree more. And on a completely side note from that, I felt like even though like him, both him and Roberto Firmino's, you know, performances were a little so-and-so, I felt like Mo Salah actually had a pretty good game, certainly in the second half. Would you say that's fair? Oh, it's completely fair. I scored two goals, and one of them is we can never, we should never underestimate how difficult the the level of the degree of difficulty on his on his first goal is. It's a mm-hmm. ball coming, it's a ball over his shoulder coming in from behind him at shoulder height that he has to basic that he only that he has to touch so deftly to get into that spot. It's it's an incredibly difficult goal, and he does it and makes it just look like it's something that's incredibly easy for him. Plus, I mean, he had to stay alert to the shot, too, and make sure that he held his position onside before he tries to follow up. I mean, he, he had a good game. Often, he forces the action. And, uh, you know, look at the game state of usually his goals. They come at, uh, to either tie a game or uh, put us in the lead. And he actually did both of those with both of his goals today because he manages to find himself in the right place at the right time more often than anybody else. For sure. And what about yourself, Sam? Because I felt like in the second half as well, he, him and um, Milner were trying to link up much better and, you know, there was a bit more cohesion between them. Yeah, well, he, he just keeps doing the business, doesn't he? You know, as, as we speak, Salah is the top scorer in the Premier League. I know uh, Aubameyang's just scored again today now. Uh, so I think, is he one clear? Um, that was actually, it's actually, it's actually like his actually scored. Oh, is that, is that, oh, right, there we are. So yeah. he's, he's still a couple ahead, maybe. At least one ahead, anyway. Um, so, you know, it, it's not that it matters. I don't care who's top scorer in the league. It's just, it's really positive when you've got your biggest threat as the top scorer in the league. You know, that's always going to give us the best chance to win these games. And, you know, he's continuing to prove people wrong that he was a bit of a flash in the pan last season. The guy is quality. And I think he's he's actually a better player this season than he was last season. He's a more rounded player. And, you know, he had a few opportunities today where he, he tried. Um, as Shakiri put a lovely ball down the line and he, and he was then all of a sudden in the box on the right-hand side. And a couple of times he miscontrolled it and got tackled. But, you know, he's making those runs at the end of the day. He's such a threat. He's constantly on the front foot. Such an exciting player. And, you know, just wanted to say as well, this is another game where all of the front three have scored today, uh, today mm-hmm. again. Um, and that's something I, I really, really welcome. I think it's 
Um, it's always great for confidence when all of the front three are getting their chances and getting their goals. And I think it just leads to a, a less selfish approach from the guys. You know, you have seen it in the past where maybe one of the players is going through a bit of a goal-scoring drought where they might start to make a poor decision on occasion. Uh, you know, all three have scored today again now. And I think that is absolutely perfect preparation now going into the next game. For sure. I do, I do want to say one thing, though. Um, unlike Sam, and I want to make this clear, I do care if Salah wins the Golden Boot. I'd prefer to see him win the Golden Boot and we win the league as, as a definite FU to uh, a guy who plays striker in North London and would claim <laughs> yeah. a goal off of any of his teammates. Yeah, Harinda goes uh, apparently about the Marcela second goal. Um, uh, Harinda tweeted, um, uh, Harry Kane's going to try claiming that, which actually had me in stitches. Like, I found that <laughs> hilarious. Um, uh, golden tweet there, Harinda. Okay, we're pretty much coming to the end. I think we've discussed everyone. Um, I've got a question here from Shamik. I want to get your thoughts on this. Um, he was going to dial in, but he's got too much background noise. Shamik, we understand you're awesome. You always call in, but I am going to read out your question. Guys, any thoughts on why Crystal Palace have to always try to be the part? party poopers or at least try to be obviously they failed today Justin I'm going to come to you um, uh, way back when um, I fe- felt like Stoke were, the, were our sort of bogey team would you say Crystal Palace are the bogey team now because obviously they were the last team to win at Anfield I think it was back in 2017 last game of the season your thoughts on that? I, I think that I think that works for me to call them our bogey team and I think I even know the reason why they keep buy- they keep hiring total wankers as managers yeah that's a good point that's that's basically it. The only, I mean, they Party Pulis, you know, in recent Party Pulis, Hodson. Oh, Warnock as well. I remember we Warnock. lost to them under Roy yeah. Hodgson. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no. The only manager that, that I actually, as a person and stylistically, seem to enjoy that they hired, they gave four For three seconds. Yeah. 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 I mean, no, that's, that's the reason why. It's because the managers they hire are complete and total assholes. That's why they like to play the party poopers. Like, it's, it's the same thing. I keep saying this. Teams take on the personality of their manager. Good shout. And what about yourself, Sam? Are they your bogey team as well? I, I really think that was overplayed before the game. You know, we, we'd beaten Crystal Palace in, in five of our last six Premier League games against them. So I think we were kind of putting that bogey team thing to bed. Um, I think it's just a case of, as you said, it was the last home defeat in the league. So that's obviously in our minds. And obviously the heartbreak of uh, 13-14 when we were 3-0 up and they, they got that. So I think it's very much stuck in people's heads. But in, um, you know, in actual fact, with five wins out of the last six against them and you know, the last three in a row, it, um, it's really something that was more in our heads than anything else. And I think then it did actually manifest in the game. I don't know whether the players kind of had that, you know, psychology can be a big thing in football. And we did look a lot less assured on that pitch today. And that, you know, that goes for the, the big guys, Van Dyke and Alisson even, you know, um, there was something over our heads today. I don't know whether we're starting to feel a little bit of pressure because we're, we're starting to get to the crunch part of the season. But at the end of the day, the ends justify the means. And now that is, it says, um, I saw some stats earlier saying we've never beaten um, Crystal Palace consecutively four games in a row in the top flight before. We've just put that one to bed as well. Look at Sam with the stats. This is why he comes on the Nina Kaza show. I make him study up. 
Sammy Stats. That's what my mates call me. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Sammy Stats. Or, or Steve Stats, as uh, Nina likes. Me here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay, guys, I think we've pretty much done that. I think we've discussed everything. Guys, I'm going to come around. I want final thoughts on the game and quickly man of the match. Justin, I'll come to you. Any final thoughts on the game? We call this the closure part where you say your final thoughts and then we can move away from it. Yeah, my uh, my final thought is take that, Roy Hodgson. Uh, my man of the match is Mo Salah. Fair enough. Uh, you don't need to explain as to why. I think we know why. Uh, what about yourself, Sam? Final thoughts on Man of the Match? Yeah, you know, I'm just so, so happy. Um, but we're going to get loads of ups and downs this season. It's going to be a bit mental. You know, there was no chance we were going to end up beating Man City was there and going 10 points clear and just nice and easily going on to win the league. You know, there are going to be games where we struggle like this one. We need to keep our heads there are going to be games where we drop points. You know, it, it's going to happen before the end of the season. Hopefully not. You know, if we win every game, we, we got the league done. But if we do drop points, it's, it's a key now not to panic. And, you know, just we've, we've got that little buffer from Man City and just keep going. Um, you know, regards to the game today, totally agree with Justin. I think there's only one guy we can give the man of the match to today because it was such a mad game, you know. It's it's hard to go for anything but the guy who scored two goals on the day and mm-hmm. was in the right place at the right time and, and clawed us back into the game at the vital moment at the start of the second half. So, yeah, for me as well, man of the match today, Mo Salah. Fair enough. And I think for me, my um, uh, closing uh, thought of, of the game was, um, you know, a few years ago, um, we probably, at worst, lose that game or draw it. And the fact that we came out winning and we, we held on to it, it just shows where we've come, uh, leaps and bounds and how we deal with that pressure. I think, you know, football isn't, isn't just a physical game. It's, it's a mental game. And I felt like the psychology, the, the mindset was absolutely spot on. I don't think they were anticipating a mental game, but they were resilient and they held on. And for me, that is a massive positive. And again, it's a sign of maybe a team that has the pedigree to become champions because you need to win in all forms of scenarios. And I think Sam, you touched on it and Justin, you too. I think a team needs to know how to win in all scenarios and they certainly demonstrated that. So, um, I have to shout out there. And I think with Marcel as well, like Sam said and Justin, it was a mad game, but there was one man that kept his cool, calm composure and that was Marcel. I have to give it to Marcel for scoring two goals. Uh, I also think that his, um, just his performance and just harrowing the defenders was absolutely magnificent. So Mo Salah gets it a unanimous vote. Although, um, I do have to give a special shout out to maybe Fabinho as well. I felt like he really controlled that midfield. And, uh, you know, for most parts of the game, really, really did offer a shield to the, to the defense. I've seen a lot of, um, positive talk about Jordan Henson. That's a great shout as well. So if you're listening, let us know your man of the match. Who was your man of the match as reasons why? Guys, this is the end of the Nina Casa show. A massive thank you to all the people listened live. A massive thank you to those that called in. I think it was Oli Dell. Um, had some issues with Gav there, but um, uh, I'm sure we'll figure it out and you can call in future pods. Um, I think he was coming back from the game and he was just excited and just wanted to share his thoughts with us. And a huge thank you to Sam and Justin. But before I let them go, quick plug. Sam, I'll come to you. Anything that you've worked on, uh, where can people find you on Twitter? Um, yeah, I've done a few podcasts recently, so just keep an eye out for those. And regards to Twitter, my Twitter handle is at Sambo Evans. 
awesome stuff do follow him he's awesome and he's great on pods as well and you will be hearing a lot more from sam on various anfield decks pods and of course mine and what about yourself justin you're awesome i'm sure you got something lined up i know you did a transfer committee pod yeah well the, the, the transfer, transfer rumors. Rumors. I, I i've not been i've not been called into the committee yet um uh, mainly because i don't know what uh, I, I wouldn't have a job there um but uh no, Bertinito and I are probably going to record uh, another transfer rumor pod at some point this week. Uh, so, so that'll be out soon. And as always, when I come onto this podcast, I make an appeal for everybody to please donate to food banks because there are a lot of hungry people. And if you have the the, the disposable income to that, that you know to buy a few cans of food and drop it off, you'll help a lot of people out. Absolutely, what what a wonderful suggestion! And um, uh, I urge everyone to do that. There's plenty of food banks around your local area so do help do support and um i think um that is possibly the perfect place to end the pod again thank you so much for listening i will catch you in my next episode hopefully it's not as high intensity as that game and result um, uh, um i just want to win six nil every single game till next time up the reds and i'll catch you in my next episode Podcast Network.